This is Noche Galactica. I'm Poeta Galactico, and we back with another episode about redefining success. Today, we have a special guest in the building. It's been a journey. I've uh, known this person for more than five years now, uh, and I'm excited to bring your story here. You can share a little bit about yourself, your, your journey to this place. Um, her name is America, and we are in the building. You already know East Oakland. We are here. Talk to us. How are you today? Tell us who you are. Uh, I'm good. I think it's weird to hear America instead of Miss America hey. for like the past, I don't know how many years. Uh, but I'm America, uh, Oakland native, born and raised. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you for being here today. And I just want to elevate and celebrate that you're going to be teaching next year. And we're going to get into the details about okay. what you're going to teach. It's your first year like officially teaching, yeah. right? But I feel like you've been an educator for like the majority of the time I, I met you five, six years ago and beyond that. So celebration, but also appreciation for supporting the community here. Um, and here in Noche Galactica, we start with like, what does success means to you, right? We have been asking this question for about a year and a half now. Um, we like to elevate the stories of folks who often don't get the light and, and, and the shine because we come from communities that often are seen as like dangerous or, oh, I don't go there. People from there come X, Y, Z. We are looking to change the narrative for people who come communi from communities like this. So without further ado, what, what is your definition of success, America? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think success is like always something going to be different. I think it's like either on a daily thing or monthly or just like life cycle type of thing. So, I mean, a little bit of like success to me as I was growing up, I think that like coming from like immigrant parents, you know, success is always like education, a good paying job and like your own home, you know, like some land that you can call your own. So I think that like- Like um, a possession. Exactly. You gotta own something <laughs> because you are successful if you own something. Exactly. Like, I think that's, that's kind of something that was always like instilled in like, especially like, kids from immigrant parents there's always this like this type of like pressure on us to be like our parents gave up so much so now we need to make sure that like Facts. everything we do is above and beyond like what they had imagined for us man that's like. deep that's it <laughs> i gotta ask you though for the viewers out there and the listeners out there so where's your family from so both of my parents are actually from Michoacan. Let's go. Michoacan. Shout, out, shout out to all the people from Michoacan <laughs> in the building. You already know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're both from La Piedad, Michoacan. Um, my whole family is actually from Michoacan. Um, so they actually came uh, when my dad first came. I think he was like 16, 17, 18, something like that. Um, he crossed the border and he started working in like the fields over in like Bakersfield and like stuff like that. So that's where he met like all his compadres or like yeah. when his compadres came, they were all working together. So it's like, you know, the family's still the family's there. still there. <laughs> and I feel like as you touch this subject, right, of like my dad came over and started working in the fields. I just want to elevate that there is success in that. Right. We often think about like, oh, we came to the U.S. Like my dad came to the U.S. too. And he worked in the fields for a little bit and then he became a janitor. But I was like, yo, that was success to him. Yeah. Like he was trying to make it. I mean, for for any person that tries to cross the border any type of way, like just being able to like get here is probably like their biggest success, no matter what it is that they're doing the next day or how it is that they got here. Like just being here is that their success. 
Facts. So I know that like from my parents, like my mom, you know, my dad came, my mom left her whole family and came when she got married and stuff like that. Had my sister five years five years later had me. Um, so I know that like for them, their success was being able to see, you know, their kids have an education. And it's like, no matter what, it, it was always very instilled that like, no matter what you do in life, like education should be your priority. Like, don't worry about, you know, how we gonna make it to eat. Don't worry about how we gonna pay rent at the end of the month and stuff like that. Like education should always be your priority. And so like, now that like my sister had her, got her master's, like, I think it was like 10 years ago, something like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> And then shout like, out to the sister <laughs> if you're watching this you're a real one and then like you know just like two three two weeks ago i got my master's hey shout out shout there. out to the homie out here you know so i think that like uh their success was also that like being able to see their kids have an education and like that for them was their biggest success and i think that like for me it was like my success is always like making sure to make my parents proud and making sure that like the struggles and like everything that they had to give up in in their journeys and in their life like you know it wasn't taken for to advantage you know that's what's up no yeah. thank you for sharing that shout out to all the homies all the family members who have supported you in the process to get here my follow-up question to that is what were some like moments where you realized like oh it's it's, it's time to like we call it here it's time to elevate it's mm -hmm. time to make a switch just a quick recap and forget me, right? But I met you working as an after-school coordinator, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And now you're about to be a teacher. And it's been a journey of like five, seven years, right? <laughs> a like little that. bit, right? <laughs> and and I don't say that to diminish your, your trajectory. I say that because you've been, you've been working <laughs> in the trenches. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you've been working in the trenches in the community with the people. How has that journey been for you to finally be like yo i got a master's man it's definitely like it wasn't something that happened like overnight for sure um i i mean i'll be completely honest when i started like working in education at first i was like i'm not gonna do this for the rest of my life um because i actually started working in after school programs when i had just turned 18 um so i'm not gonna say how many years yeah now, yeah, yeah. we we don't we don't give ages here <laughs> definitely more than 10 years ago yep. you know um and so, like, when I first started in, in after-school programs, like, I was actually at Learning Without Limits and Global Family. Shout out to the community <laughs> out there, Learning Without Limits. Um, and it was definitely a way for me to give back because that was actually my old uh, elementary school. Hey. So I remember that, like, one of my old mentors, may he rest in peace and, and everything, I remember him telling me, like, you're going to be a teacher. I was like, nah. <laughs> uh, and when I finally started working with kids and I'm like, oh, he was right. <laughs> Um, but like throughout the entire time, like I went from LWL Global Family to Parker Elementary School that's yep, over yep. in the deep. In the deep East Oakland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went from like from here to the deep and then to Union City, came back to my Oakland, to Fruitvale. Um, and yeah, like it, it's definitely been like this whole journey of like just after school, after school, after school. When I met you, I was in hey, after school still. We just just a quick story on that. We met in the after school program of Epic Middle School. Yeah. This this R P Epic Epic doesn't exist anymore, but it exists within us. Exactly. Okay, it exists within us. It was a great school, great concept. Um, that's where we met. And I gotta say, like your energy is always like upbeat, always for the community. Uh, and just looping it back into our conversation. So you say your teacher was the one who kind of say you're going to be a teacher one day or mm -hmm. other other pillars within your own network of people who kind of 
continue to motivate you to keep going when it came to education and also to become an educator? I think definitely my, my mentor was definitely the first one that was like, you're going to be a mentor. And, you know, like I, I'll see his mural up on, on Fruitville and Foothill and stuff like that. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, I think another person was definitely my dad, actually. Shout out to the dad. Um, it, it, just, it was just Father's Day <laughs> yeah, this Sunday. So shout out to the dad. This is his Father's hey. Day. <laughs> uh, no, nah, but I think like definitely my dad was another person that like kind of stirred me into education. Um, he actually started uh, working. Well, he volunteered at my old elementary school as like a, a like yard supervisor or whatever it was. Um, he was in the mix. He was he, in the mix. He was in everything. He yeah. was in everything that had to do with education. He actually then became a school uh, security. Uh, and I think that, like, I'm not going to lie, I was definitely that person that was, like, as a student, I'm like, damn, my, my dad wears, like, security in schools. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, he's the system. He's the, like, you he's the system. system. Yeah. Um, but then it was more of, like, seeing how students would interact with him. It wasn't so much of them seeing him as, like, the system or this type of authority or this type of person that was like oh you know like i gotta go against whatever you're gonna be telling me um i would have interactions where i would see kids come up to him and be like Apa or tío abuelo you know and he definitely took on that role for a lot of students and i was like i'm jealous of this but i'm his kid so nah. mm, that's so that's so powerful you know yeah. i i always think about this idea that you got to work in the system and recreate the system from inside in. And it sounds like that's what your dad was doing. Definitely. I think he he definitely was able to tell a lot of students and talk to a lot of students in a way that it was like, for a lot of, uh, specifically for like a lot of girls, it was definitely like that father figure that they needed in their lives. Mm. Um, for a lot of young men as well, like there are still young men in, in today's community where if they see me, they're like, you're Rodriguez's daughter. And I'm like, damn. But yeah, <laughs> so like no matter what, it's like he definitely laid that legacy of like, I'm not going to be this person that's like going to come and tell you like, you know, you're you're not what other people are telling you, you know, like you're not this label, like there's so much more to you. And so when I started to see that in him, I'm like, he, he's a he's a dad more before anything else, before he puts on his uniform and, and, and anything else that he had to put on, like he's a dad. And when he goes into the schools, he. He was still that father figure to so many kids. And so I think that's when, like, I started working in after schools and I'm like, okay. Like, you, you saw the vision. You saw what entailed yeah. for him to, like, do that work. Yeah. Once again, shout out to your dad. <laughs> if you're watching this, listening to this, nothing but love. I yeah. appreciate you for creating an impact in, in you here in Oakland and beyond. Yeah. Um, my next question for you in this topic of success is what you think took from you trying to achieve getting to this level i mean besides my sanity nah um it took a lot of time a lot of patience i think it took a lot of heartbreaks too um i think like like i said it wasn't something that was from one day to another i'm not gonna lie like when the whole epic thing happened and you know when we lost epic was definitely that moment where it's like i gotta be more than just after school and i gotta be more than just a pair i want to be more that's like you know i want to be more than someone that's just going to be like an extra in the classroom or an extra 
in the school. You know? can, can we just talk a little bit about the extras in <laughs> yes, the classroom? Yes, because honest to God, like the ex, the extras, the extras are always like in the back of the classrooms, and they're definitely the ones that have the biggest impact. Not just with like those one-on-one kids, Man. but with all the other students. Because it's like even as a para, you know, they tell you like you're not just there for one kid; you're there for all the kids, and it's like. You know, like we need that recognition for all those extra people in that classroom. I, I, I appreciate you stopping and dedicating some time to talk about this. The extras in the classes that often don't get recognized mm-hmm. by organizations, by people, sometimes even teachers. And I say that with a lot of love and care. Yeah. I have a teacher here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's detrimental because the kid starts to like, Think about like, oh, that extra person that looks like me a lot of times doesn't get recognized. So I start to navigate life in that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. If you're an administrator, if you are somebody who's watching this, make sure that you are giving props to those people, those extras that often are in the shadows, just yeah. like helping the kids. Yeah. And I think more than anything, because like at the same time, you know, like props to all the teachers. Yeah, shout out to you. Shout out to you. A lot on their plates and whatnot. But I think that like those extra supports that are in classrooms have the ability also to like be able to build stronger relationships with kids. And it's sad to say at, at sometimes because like there were times where I was on like so many uh, emergency lists for kids that you know like if something goes down, who who do you feel comfortable coming up to her? The plug. Yeah, the plug. I, like I was that person that it was like. Another email of like, oh, you're on this person's case list. You're on this person's case list and so on and so forth. So it's like, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, I, you gave me this position to do one thing and I'm doing so many other things that like, you know, you might like it, you might not. But at the end of the day, like they're doing so much more than just their job description. This is, this is a topic that is really close <laughs> to my heart because a lot of people I know, a lot of people who I met throughout this journey in education, often they are not teachers. Yeah. And some of them ended up being teachers and shout out to y'all. But a lot of them have that passion and that drive to be a teacher. But for some reason, as you may know, getting to the accolades of like, oh, I want to get a degree or I want to get this credential. It took a lot from you. Right. And sometimes for some folks it's like, man, that pat is not even real for me, right? Yeah. So now you kind of diverge from that situation or that that vision of yourself, but you want to continue to work in schools. And you take this role of like, I'm going to be an SSA, or I'm going to be a para, or I'm going to be whatever it is because I want to be in that environment. But you end up doing a thousand and more jobs that a lot of times are not recognized and not monetized. Um, I'm not going to lie, you know, like I, when I was a parent, when I was all these different things, like in the back of my head, I'm like, what do I need to become a teacher? Because there are times where like, even as a parent, you are sometimes thrown into a classroom because we're low on subs type of thing. (laughs) We are low today. So you in, (laughs) you are in. Exactly. And it's like, you know, like as a, as a parent, as an extra, whatever it is, if you're in a school, like they're going to put you wherever they need you. So there were times where it's like, what do I need to become a, a teacher? And so a lot of the things that like happened throughout this entire journey of mine and leading up to that whole the success thing, because I mean, success to me has always kind of been like as long as like I'm able to take care of myself, take care of mine 
and take care of my kids. And when I say kids, I mean like my students and, and you know, people in my community, you know, that's my success. But then it was more of like, well, there's to, in order to get to that success, there's barriers, Hello there's barriers. all these different types of barriers. And it's always like, well, are you bilingual? No. Well, are you this? Are you that? Like, do you have this certificate? Do mm -hmm. you have this diploma? Do you have this? Do you have that? And it literally got to a point where it was like, I am being held that back because of one piece of paper. One piece of paper. Like, one piece of paper is literally the reason people were not able to give me a higher up position. Mm. And it was because Preach. of one piece of paper that, like, I can build relations, I can build community. And I can, you know, lead a classroom. I can do whatever it is. You I can need do me to magic. Do. Exactly. I can do magic. <laughs> like I, I can do anything you need me to do, and like I'll do it, and I'll make, I'll keep a smile on my face the entire time. But like when it came up to the point of like, give me a classroom. I want to be in a classroom. It was like you don't have the paper. Mm. Dang. <laughs> And so here Damn. we are. Two so here years we are. Later. <laughs> two years later. Well, I, I just got, got to say though, like it took you some time you realize yo i'm knocking on doors that are going to open if i get this paper so i'm gonna go put in the work you decided to put in that work and bam two years later you have your masters and now you're going to be teaching let's, let's dive in into teaching a little bit so you like you said you are from from oakland you know from the trenches out here what what is what is the feeling that you are getting after knowing that you're going to be a teacher in your community teaching the kids in the school that you're started um i mean i'm not gonna lie it's definitely like it's a heartwarming feeling but it's also a scary feeling and i think that the the scary part more than anything is like you know yeah it was a school i grew up in it was a school that like my my cousins my sister went to everyone in my family went to this school it was a school where like my parents and my aunts and uncles would volunteer and all this stuff. But at the same time, it's also like this is community and like like overall the community has changed throughout the years. So it's like like I said to so many people, you know, like there is this idea of like it's easy for me to build relationship with these kids because I'm from the community. But at the same time, there are so many different things now that kids are going through that I didn't have to go through growing up. And so that's kind of the scary part where it's like, how can I talk to kids that are going through harder things in life right now that like some adults aren't even going through, you know, where it's like, I can relate to having to live in one house with your aunts and uncles and grandparents and cousins and all this other stuff. I can relate to, you know, like not being able to have all these vacations and go on Disney or, or Great America and things like that. And, you know, but there's also these times that, that it's like, how do I relate to a student? who lost a cousin or who lost a family member due to violence or anything else or, you know, anything that is big right now, how do I make those connections with these kids? So it is that scary part, but at the same time, it's also like, I go into any classroom with any group of students, not just as like a teacher, but I'm also gonna be learning from you. And it's like, if you're learning from me, I'm gonna be learning from you. That That's just how this relationship and how this is gonna work out. This is how the ecosystem works, you know. We that learn from each ecosystem. other. Ecosystem, <laughs> let it know. Yo, this is this is powerful because I'm hearing one that you're excited to be back in the community yeah. that's how you grow up, but also maybe there's a disconnect. And and you didn't imply this, but I want to say <laughs> that gentrification plays a big part. Oh my god! <laughs> right, the gentrification of the Fruitvale. Like I think about growing up 
uh, in the Fruvel and and walking around in the National Boulevard and seeing how many people, how many people actually looked like me, right? Man, the other day I was walking, I was walking, right? And literally I stopped and I was like, wait, those two ladies don't look like from this community. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it made me pause and think, dang, things are changing. And that's moving, I think, the moving the needle to a place where maybe we go to schools where 50% of the kids are able to connect with us. And the other 50 is kind of like, we don't live the same lifestyle. Yeah. 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 And I think that that's like, that's a very big thing because a lot of our kids, like, have had to move out of Oakland, have had to change schools halfway through the year at the end of a school year, things like that. And so I know that it's hard for them. It's also hard for kids that are coming into this community that have no idea about it at the same time. So we can't fault those kids at, at the same time, you know, like just like every parent, every family, you know, they always want the best for the kids. And it's like, we agree no matter what. But at the same time, it's also like the damage that is being done to our kids and our families and our communities is something that's always overlooked. It's always something that's been swept under the rug. And it's always like, you know, like, oh, Oakland is this and that and da 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 da. But yet, so many people come to live here and work here and, and you know, all these things. And just like you said, you know, like, it's weird, like, driving, walking down Fruitvale or driving down International and things like that. And it's like, I remember when that store was like this and that. And they used to sell boils in this Straight one. Up. And like my grandfather would go to that one. Yeah. And like the ice cream from right here. You would go to a, like a video shop that in the back had the like a clothing right store. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it had a clothing store. And it's like now it's like nothing or something completely new yeah. that a lot of our community members don't have, ac have access to, but don't go in because it's so new to them. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, damn, this is deep. The last thing I wanted to ask you is, where do you see yourself in five years oh, from now? That's, <laughs> that's like a very business-like question. <laughs> <laughs> She's not interviewing for a job. Hold we just have a conversation. <laughs> um, five years from now, I mean, definitely still giving back to my community. I think that like, no matter what age I am at, I want to always give back to the community especially my community, because like I, like I've said several times before, you know, like I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for my community. Like I take with me all the good, all the bad, no matter what. And I've always been told, you know, like, oh, you're going to move out of state and go somewhere and give back to your community. And it's like, how am I going to leave my community to give back to my community? Yeah. You know, like it's always has to be something that like you want to make a, a change, start somewhere. And so in five years from now, like, I don't know, teaching, still working with my kids, hey. still working with all the kids. And I mean, well, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully I get some invites to graduation, Let's go. college graduations, all those graduations. And I mean, a, I'm sure kids will, will follow up. And I think you make a big impact on all the human beings that come their way. Yeah. And I think people always look back and see you. So. Um, last thing, last segment of this uh, podcast is any shout outs, any appreciations you want to give to people oh, uh, and where can they find you? Are you open to continuing to maybe have this conversation? People reaching out. I'm sure you are, but just want to <laughs> make sure people understand that. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the first thing, definitely shout out to my family shout out to my parents, uh, to my older sister uh, and definitely shout out to all my kids. I think that, like, my kids are definitely the reason that, like, I didn't give up. 
my kids were definitely the reason that like motivated me every day to make sure that I, I crossed that stage and I got that that masters. <laughs> got it. She got it in uh, there. And yeah, like I would love to continue this conversation. I know we go from like one thing to the yeah, next yeah, thing, no, it's like good. different topics. But I would love to continue the conversation. And I mean, if anyone wants to reach out and things like that, you can always find me on Instagram more than anything. Follow her on Instagram. <laughs> I will tag her on this yes, video. Uh, any questions you may have, please elevate. And as you already know, mm -hmm. it was a pleasure having you here. Yeah, it was nice being here. My name is Poeta Galactico. This is Noche Galactica. And you are? America Rodriguez. Miss America. Hey, thank you very much. <laughs> See you next time.